Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. In today's world, with nearly all of us carrying handheld computers, we're almost never in danger of being lost. But that hasn't always been the case. How many of you remember a time, maybe when you were a kid without a phone, or maybe before the days of GPS, when you were lost? My most memorable experience being lost happened when I was 23 years old. And yes, I am among the group who remembers life before GPS. I was an intern at the time, serving with a campus ministry in Missouri, and we had taken 60 college students on a mission trip to Mexico. Now, it wasn't a fancy mission trip where you fly to your destination. No, we traveled in a caravan of 15 passenger vans pulling eight-foot trailers, and someone thought it would be a great idea to have the 23-year-old intern drive one of the vans. All had gone well until our time in Mexico was over and our caravan was heading back to the U.S. border. Uh, We were driving through the crowded border city of Matamoros when I got cut off and the caravan lost me. There I was, 23 and without a clue, responsible for a dozen college students, and I had no idea where I was going. I was lost. Do you remember what that feels like? That sense of panic? That feeling of being overwhelmed? Every nerve in your body feels like it's on overdrive. It's terrifying to be lost. When you're lost, you feel desperate for someone to find you and show you the way. And let's face it, that sense of desperation can overwhelm you when you're lost in other ways too. Maybe you've experienced being vocationally lost. That can happen when you're just starting out and aren't sure which career path to choose. Many of us have experienced feeling lost when we've left or lost a job that we thought we would be in for a long time. Or perhaps you've experienced being relationally lost. If you've ever relocated to a place where you don't know anyone, you've likely experienced this. Loneliness can leave us feeling relationally lost. It's also common to feel relationally lost after a breakup or a divorce. Or maybe you know what it's like to be spiritually lost. This can happen to us before or even after we've met Jesus. Lots of us will go through seasons when we doubt what we always assumed was true. Most of us will experience times when we feel disappointed with God or His church, and these things can leave us feeling lost. When you're lost, you feel desperate for someone to find you and show you the way. If you've ever felt lost, you are in good company. For as we'll see in the passage of Scripture we're going to dive into today, Jesus' disciples knew what it was like to feel this sense of lostness. The disciples followed Jesus around a lot. From the rolling hills of Galilee to the bustling fishing village of Capernaum and and into the desert of Samaria, Jesus led the disciples on a journey down some pretty offbeat paths. But no matter the adventure, They were always safe because Jesus was with them. Eventually, their journey led them into the heart of the city of Jerusalem. It was there amidst the chaos and excitement of the holy city that Jesus starts talking about leaving them. 
And the disciples start feeling a sense of desperation. In John 14, Jesus tries to reassure them. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Imagine the disciples, exhausted from their travels, gathering around Jesus with weary expressions. They had followed Jesus faithfully, but his words are perplexing. How are they supposed to reach this place that he speaks of? They long to understand, but this way he is talking about seems elusive, shrouded in mystery. They must have felt a profound sense of lostness at this moment. One of the disciples speaks up to ask what they all must have been thinking. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And maybe you can relate to how the disciples felt at this moment. Many of us are also searching for a path forward, a, a path toward a career that is purposeful and fulfilling, a path that leads us to healthy and thriving relationships, a path towards spiritual flourishing and peace. All this searching leads us to ask the same question that Thomas brings to Jesus, how can we know the way? It's in this moment when his disciples are feeling lost that Jesus responds with another of his I am statements. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus declares, I am the way. When we feel lost, we want a path. But Jesus offers us a person. Think of it this way. Suppose you're in a strange town and you ask for directions. And suppose the person you ask says, take the first right and then the second, cross the railroad tracks, go past the church, then take the third right and the road you want is the fourth on the left. Now, chances are you're gonna be lost before you even get halfway. But suppose the person instead says to you, come, I'll take you there. In that case, the person is the way, and you can't miss it. This is who Jesus is for us. He doesn't just give us directions and send us on our way. He takes us by the hand and leads us. As we move forward, we may still not know where we are or where we are going, but we don't have to worry because we are with him and he is never lost. Jesus does not tell us about the way. He is the way. The way, it's not a path. It's a person. And this is so important uh, for us to understand because often when we hear this I am statement, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we limit it to a statement about Jesus being the way to salvation. He is that. But in this claim, Jesus is telling us more about himself than simply giving us directions to heaven. He is offering us the opportunity to live our lives connected with God. 
In fact, as the passage goes on, Jesus promises his disciples that he will be with them forever. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The way is not a path. It's a person. Jesus is the way. Still, how do we know that Jesus is the right way? How do we know he is the right person to follow? When we feel lost, we start looking for answers wherever we can find them, in a job, in a relationship, in a bottle. We'll take any answer, but there is only one answer. Jesus is the way because he is the truth. Now, claiming Jesus as the only true way sometimes offends people. At first glance, the idea of one exclusive truth can seem judgmental and proud. But pastor and theologian Tim Keller offered a thought-provoking perspective that helps shed light on the true nature of exclusivity. Keller acknowledged that it can appear judgmental to assert that only one belief system is true, only one way is correct. However, he highlights a fundamental paradox in this objection. Ironically, even the assertion that all beliefs are equal or all beliefs are equally valid is in itself a judgment. It is an, a judgment against those who claim exclusivity and a judgment against those who hold to a particular belief. It can also be seen as a form of pride as it implies superiority in, in one's own broad-mindedness and acceptance of all viewpoints. Every belief is exclusive by nature because it affirms certain truths while rejecting others. So, in essence, if a person claims all beliefs are equally valid, they are making an exclusive claim. The crux of the issue lies in recognizing that exclusive beliefs are unavoidable. Every person consciously or subconsciously holds to a set of exclusive beliefs and convictions. The question then becomes, where should our allegiance lie? And Keller proposes that it's more fruitful and more fulfilling to place our allegiance in a who rather than a what. And that who is Jesus. When Jesus declares, I am the way, he invites us to give our exclusive allegiance to him, not because he's merely a belief or a philosophy, but rather a living person who reveals to us God's character. Jesus is the way because he reveals the truth about God. Marianne Meyer Thompson captures this profound truth when she states, Jesus is not extrinsic to the identity of God. He is not one of many prophets or agents who speak what is true. He is God's own word embodied. In Jesus, we find the complete revelation of who God is. He is not a mere representation 
or approximation of God's character, but the living manifestation of divine truth. Sometimes we approach God with preconceived notions, attempting to to fit God or Jesus into the limited framework of our understanding. We need to abandon those fixed ideas and instead look at the real Jesus, the one who wept at the tomb of his friend, who washed his followers' feet, who gave his life on the cross. Jesus shows us that the heart of the Father, a God who reaches out to the broken, comforts the grieving, and extends forgiveness to the repentant. In Jesus, we encounter a God who is intimately acquainted with our joys and our sorrows, our struggles and our triumphs. He is not distant and detached, but compassionate and present in our lives. It is in observing Jesus' life, his actions, and his words that we see the true nature of God. We can trust Jesus' claim that he is the way because he shows us that he is the truth. He reveals to us the true nature of God. The apostle John says, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. Watchman Nee, a Chinese church leader and a Christian teacher, wrote about God's response to our search for truth. He said that God responds to our needs and answers our questions in only one way, by showing us more of his son. The key to understanding truth lies in seeking a deeper revelation of Jesus. Each of us will place our allegiance somewhere. We're all looking for truth. We're all looking for direction. Wouldn't you prefer to give your allegiance to a who, not a what? The way is not a path. It's a person. Choosing to follow Jesus as the exclusive way is not an act of judgment or pride, but a humble acknowledgement of our need for a Savior, the one who comes to us full of truth. When we encounter the authentic Jesus, we find answers to our deepest questions and longings. Jesus is the way because he is the truth. And not only is Jesus the way because he is the truth, he is also the way because he is the life. For months now, we've been challenging one another to leave behind the you life that is centered on ourselves and to step into the you plus life which is a life connected to God, the church, and the world. We believe that this is the the life and life to the full that Jesus came to bring. And we believe that this life can only be found in him. He is the way to this life. Earlier in the book of John, Jesus claims to have this life and to be the one who can give this life. He says, for as the father has life in himself, So he has granted the son also to have life in himself. And for just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Jesus is the way because he is the source of the life we long for. The you plus life that we've been talking about can only be found in him. For you see, Jesus can lead us to life in our vocation, 
No matter what job or career you might have, Jesus can infuse it with purpose as you learn to work at it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for people. He can lead you to make a difference right where you are and wherever you may go. Jesus can lead us to life in our relationships. He can empower us to forgive, to serve, to humbly consider others' interests before our own. As we learn to love one another as He loves us, we can find the belonging that we long to experience. Jesus can lead us to life spiritually as we hear from Him and take next steps in our connections with God, the church, and the world. As our relationship with Him deepens, we will experience a peace that passes understanding and our lives will reflect the fruit of His Spirit, things such as love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Friends, I want to urge you today, if you are not experiencing the fullness of life that you were created for, stop looking in all the wrong places and chasing all the wrong paths and come to Jesus. When you feel lost, overwhelmed, desperate for someone to show you the way, take hold of this invitation from Jesus in Matthew 11. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound like a better way to live than the way many of us are living? This is the life Jesus invites us to, a life that is found not in a path, but in a person. Pastor Eugene Peterson reminds us the way of Jesus cannot be imposed or mapped. It requires an active participation in following Jesus as he leads us through sometimes strange and unfamiliar territory, in circumstances that become clear only in the hesitations and questionings, in the pauses and reflections where we engage in prayerful conversation with one another and with him. The disciples felt lost. Wondering, how can we know the way? And Jesus reassures them, I am the way. They had already been found because they were with Jesus. All they needed to do was continue walking with him. Friends, life will often be confusing. We'll repeatedly go through seasons when we feel lost, vocationally, relationally, spiritually, financially, physically, lost. And what Jesus offers you when he declares, I am the way, is the opportunity to be found. Because when you're lost, you feel desperate for someone to show you the way. When I was lost, driving that 15-passenger van pulling an eight-foot trailer in Mexico, I didn't have a cell phone with GPS. But I did have a high-powered walkie-talkie. And the leader of our group got on the line and he found me. He reassured me that he was with me. 
He guided me to where I needed to go. He got me safely to the border crossing where my van was reunited with our group. Would you let Jesus find you today? He is with you. Through his spirit living inside of you, he will be the voice with you as you walk through the lost moments of life. The truth is, you are never really lost when you're with him because he is never lost and he's got you. So if you feel lost, let yourself be found. Jesus is the way. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Our mission is to help you find your way back to God. And by listening today, you've already taken your first step. And we'd love to help you take a next step in your relationship with God, the church, and the world. It's how we're all embracing the flourishing life that Jesus talks about, a life we call U+. Visit communitychristian.org to take a next step, learn more, give generously, and plan your visit. We hope to see you on a Sunday soon.